Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Rebecca Mazzino and with me is Tara Tuttle and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hi and welcome to this week's episode. This week we are still chatting about babies. Last week we talked about some of the tactics that marketers use to make us want all of the baby things and get sucked into the vortex of buying everything for our baby. So today we want to talk about some of the things you actually need and how to maybe manage the influx of stuff when you have a new baby. Yeah, and there is no right or wrong amount of stuff or stuff specifics uh, or anything like that. This is more just to give you a way to look at your own situation from a slightly different perspective if, if that will help you at all. And a lot of the people that we work with who have kids will be in a situation that they're in with regards to clutter because they went, started off on a path at at in during babyhood. Does that make sense, Tara? Mm-hmm. The, uh, and and I think if if you're just starting out now on the parenting path, you can set yourself up for some good patterns of behaviour so that you don't end up in a big cluttered mess when they're eight and ten or something like that. Mm. Yeah, and. Like we said, all the marketing appeals to our vulnerabilities and our exhaustion and our desire mm-hmm. to do the best for our kids. So, But that often leads to us acquiring more than we really, really potentially need and end up overrunning our houses. So what do we really need? I guess it is probably a lot less than we think. And you know the great part? is our babies won't even notice <laughs> yeah. we have all the stuff or we don't at the or end of the day. Or it's secondhand or it's, um, you know, 20. It's last year's. It's last year's, yeah, or something like that. It's not It's not this season's colour um, <laughs> or, you know, whatever the trend it's is. not in boho clothes. chic, yeah. <laughs> um, so Listen to us old jaded mums. I know, we're so crusty. cynical. <laughs> So what, there's a few things you definitely do need, so don't let anyone talk you out of these ones, even us. Uh, you need a car seat. If you have a car. Oh, if you have, if a, you car. have a car. Okay. <laughs> if you don't have a car, forget that. If you have a car. You, I mean, you need something to bring baby home from hospital in. So yes. that's a given. So if you don't have a car seat and you're coming home in someone else's car, then they will need to have a car seat. But mm-hmm. um, that's kind of fundamental. Most hospitals won't let you leave with your baby until someone's come out and inspected the car seat, um, make sure it's fitted properly, all of that. So, you know. Mm-hmm. So you what need else one of do those. we need? You need something for them to sleep on or in. And like, that, is it? where is it? Which country is it that delivers the box? Like there's a country, it's one of the Nordic countries, it's like Sweden or something, where every family when they have a newborn gets this box and the box is designed for the baby to be able to sleep in it and it's full of like all of the essentials. So like your baby could sleep in a box. Now, it has to be a safe box. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But it could sleep or in a, a box. a safe drawer. I remember seeing <laughs> yeah. that in a movie where someone yeah, yeah. just took a drawer out and padded it up. But, yeah, you need a firm, flat surface for them to sleep on. Yeah. Um, 
something that they're not going not going to smother them and something that they're not going to fall from a great height out of and they will be, you know, nice and safe. Nappies or diapers, potentially. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say you have to. I'm guessing you don't. I'm guessing most parents are going to choose that because changing themselves five times a day <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't seem all that inviting. Uh, I think that maybe having something to catch all of that poo in will be definitely um, something people will want. So, yeah, you need that. And clothes, they need to be warm and um, comfy, so you will need baby clothing. Uh, blankets potentially or like sleeping sacks or sleeping bags, uh, depending on your preference and safety concerns. But if you're in a cool climate, um, you might want some extra warmth for them, either, you know, during the day or while they're sleeping. Mm. Or um, swaddling things as well, wraps that you can wrap them up tight in if they're one of those babies. Needs so that, a nice tight wrap. That's kind of the essentials. Like you need those things. Mm. How many of those things is a whole nother question. But you, they're the basics. And the problem is we kind of, there's no, no one writes a list of here are the five things that you probably that you need you or you absolutely need it's like you can find lists on the internet the 101 things you need for your baby <laughs> and it's like oh and links and then there's a can, thousand can, on it <laughs> yeah yeah and links to the brands how convenient um, <laughs> yeah 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 you know or like the the top 50 things that i you know bought when i had a baby whatever you know but it's like at the end of the day you don't need everything um, mm. And it's it's probably a lot better to get the basics and then buy as you go, as you figure out the needs. Yeah, I totally agree with that because so all babies are different. Like, for example, the just one big difference between my kids is that Zoe didn't like to be swaddled or need to be swaddled. She would fall asleep with arms akimbo, whereas Ethan wouldn't fall asleep unless he was you know, like a mummy, <laughs> really, really tightly, tightly wrapped. Um, and so I didn't need wraps for Zoe. Uh, I bought them anyway because, you know, I was I got caught up in the whole must-have, mm-hmm. the must-haves, which wasn't a must-have. Um, uh, but, yeah, I, I didn't need them. And so, you know, it's those kinds of things that, you know, some and, and the same with um, – with dummies, you know, she she spat out the dummy. She wasn't interested in a dummy at all. Ethan loved his dummies. And so that was something that I bought for Zoe that we didn't need and um, something that we ended up needing for Ethan. But there are, you know, so many of these things that you don't figure out until the baby is at home that, that you need. I can I understand the need to, like, you don't want to get your baby home and go, oh, they need to be wrapped. I have nothing to wrap them in. Uh, this is a problem. But I think what the mistake I made is I bought like, I don't know, a dozen Mm. wraps. And then I bought the quick wrap, which had Velcro. So it was like a pouch that had little, you could put your, the kids' arms into like these little bat wings and like then Uh, Velcro them down. And then wrap them around them. Yeah. And so I, I had, I would have had 15 wraps of every different color, size, variety expense you know the quick wraps were you know whatever double the price of just the big muslin squares or whatever sienna hated being wrapped and then i had 15 of them and it's like okay what i probably needed was one or two of the cheap ones Mm. and then if i figured out that that was her thing and she liked that 
you can always get more. And this is the thing. And now with how convenient it is to get more of anything, yeah. you yeah. can start yeah. with, you can buy one pacifier. And if your baby doesn't take to it, you've spent $2.50 on a pacifier. Mm. I bought like five different <laughs> brands <laughs> and styles. <laughs> and Sienna did like a pacifier, but she, she could only have one at a time, you know. And <laughs> Maybe one spare for the nappy bag. But this is the thing. It's like you when you go shopping for baby, there will always be more. So mm. I think trying to resist that that need to buy it all and have every bit of supply that you're going to need for the next six months in your house at the time they come home because it's just, it's just excess and you'll find mm. that there are things you just don't need and we're a yeah. waste of money. Mm. Yeah. And things like, you know, creams and those kinds of things that um, often you'll figure out usually if you ha- if you give birth in a hospital, they often give you samples or they'll show you different creams and things that you can get. Uh, and those that you will often bring home some with you and then you can do that experimenting with those ones. But again, you know, you don't with all of the creams and ointments, you probably don't figure out what you need until you're, you know, into it a little bit as well um, and which ones kind of work best for which situation because there's several situations. There's, you know, there's the itchy drool spot on the cheek and then there's the bum rash and then there's the rash in the fold of the neck. and then all Yeah, the, and you don't the, know how your baby's things. skin will react to the different brands yeah. anyway. So yeah, buying, exactly. you know, the 25-pack from Costco, like a lifetime supply of, diaper cream and then you get home and figure out your baby actually reacts badly to that and then yeah yeah so start off with samples borrow borrow samples from some friends you know if you you know want to try some lanolin or some pseudocrine you know just try a little bit of you know something from a friend first and to figure out you know what is actually going to be useful for you nappies as well i i would say don't buy a ton of nappies or diapers if you're not sure which way you want to go. So I had a very high and mighty belief that I wanted to use cloth <laughs> nappies. And um, so, but quite fabulously, a friend of mine had held on to ones that she had used um, and they were called these Japanese pre-fold. So it was like this beautiful um, fabric and then these bamboo waterproof nappy covers. And she gifted them all to me and they were in, absolutely mint condition because I don't know that she really used them either (laughs) and so I I'd bought disposable nappies for hospital and for like the first few days at home and then when I started putting sienna in these Japanese pre-fold ones I realized how much work it was to wash (laughs) like soak nappies wash nappies all of that and I'm so glad that I because I had looked at them and was planning to and they were a huge investment and I was planning to buy a stack and my, it was just that I mentioned it to my friend and she said, I've got some that I never used you on them. And I said, okay, I'll start with that and then I can add some more. Mm. And then so basically I scaled back. I used them occasionally and then eventually they became like burp cloths or something like that. <laughs> um, but I'm so glad yeah. I didn't invest a lot. So it's that whole thing of go into it with a bit of an attitude of try before you buy a little bit, mm. you know, just don't invest a lot in one solution if you don't know that that's definitely yeah. going to be the way you're going to go. Because the things with thing with babies is that there is no one-size-fits-all solution for mm. babies or parents and there are, for, for some, using 
um, reusable nappies and cloth nappies is easy and for some it's difficult and everybody is different and there is no there's no shame to be had in choosing the option that works the best for you and this is where you know if you go disposable then you go disposable and that's fine for you uh, whatever it is that that works for you um if you go with cloth then you know you go with cloth or if you go with the in-betweenies where it's those other ones I can't even they weren't even around when I had kids so I can't mm-hmm. even know what they're called um but that kind of stuff uh everybody is different and you know if you if you have these grand plans that you will do the right thing by the environment and you will you know buy reusable things and then you have a sick baby you know you have a baby that is uh, colicky or has reflux or doesn't ever sleep or sleeps for 10 minutes at a time then you should be aware that you can switch back into a different uh, method so just being aware that all situations are different and things change. They come good, they go bad. You know, you get more time, you have less time depending on how old they are. So what you're going to do, you don't know until you have the baby basically is how I've just said that in too many words. <laughs> but it's it's exactly right. So I guess if if you're on a budget or you want to minimise the amount of stuff um, that you're bringing in, We've got a few tips here as well beyond the things we've already mentioned. So um, there are things that are quite common for people to bring in or gift or buy um, when they have a baby, which aren't necessary. So things like towels and the baby towels and the little hooded towels, you know, super cute, you know, can be pretty functional. But actually regular towels work just as well. Um, Mm -hmm. They still dry babies. So if that's... uh, you know, one thing, one less thing you can bring in. You can absolutely keep your regular towels and use regular towels instead of um, buying extras just for baby. Yep. You don't necessarily need to buy a separate bath as well. Um, You can bath them in the kitchen sink. Uh, Zoe was bathed in the laundry sink. Well, both of my kids were bathed in the laundry sink um, for a long time and and then they were bathed in the regular old bath. So that's definitely something that you could easily skip, you know, because if you buy those baths, they're really big. They take up heaps of space and they're not not really always necessary. Mm. Or you can buy the little slings that sit inside your regular bath, which, yeah. you know, is then a lot easier to keep and clean and yeah. put away. Yeah. Or just take the, take the, well, I mean, it's a bit harder with a, really really slippery newborn but take them in the bath with you or in the shower with you as well so you can you know give them a good clean with you as well without needing a special bath and I don't know about you but bending over to wash babies hurt my back so I was much happier when she was just in the shower with Michael (laughs) instead of me having to bath her hand her in and then pull her back out again five minutes later after she's been given her rundown (laughs) Yep. I um rub down. I, used rub to, down. Yeah. I used to alternate arms if I bath them. We we did have a baby bath which was so s- small. It really didn't last them that long. It was the biggest waste of money mm. anyway. Then we used to, I used to do them but I'd do a different arm each night so I'd be like today is a right arm workout. I'm <laughs> holding baby in the right arm like bent over the side of like a corner one of those corner spa baths was the bath oh, we had yeah. in our house at the time. Uh. Oh 
it's terrible. But then I'd be like, right, tomorrow I'm doing left so I can keep my yeah. muscles evenly. It's just easier to get in the bath yourself. <laughs> like, really, like I would have just climbed in the bath and gone, you know what, I'm just going to get in with the baby. And it's mm. like much so, easier than bending over and hurting. But, yeah, oh, it hurts your arms and your back and your neck. Oh. So if you don't have a um, have space for a bassinet, you can skip the bassinet and go straight for a crib or a cot. You don't, um, mm. you know, look at. Look at all the safety uh, suggestions, things about not having cot bumpers and stuff around the outside to prevent SIDS and all of that. You know, do your research, but it's not essential that you have a Moses basket or some kind of bassinet um, mm. when they're newborn and then switch them up. You can go straight to the cot. Yeah, yeah. There's different – and obviously if you co-sleep as well, um, mm. then that's unnecessary too. So, um, yeah, there's there's things that you can – we did that. We never had bassinets for the kids. They went straight for the straight in the cot. And Tara, you didn't need that special nappy wrapper no. um, as and much as I wanted one. I didn't need it either. <laughs> I couldn't get over though how much. So the diaper pails or the specialty specialty diaper caddies or whatever they're called, but the the cassettes that used to plug into them, like you you know, mm. with regular like it just had plastic bag that twisted each end like a sausage as you twisted the nappy around in it. But they were like, like I thought I'd struck it rich because I got lured in and bought my little nappy disposable whatever wrapper uh, on sale. But then these cassette plastic bag cassette things were never on sale and they were so expensive. I'm like eventually I just got to the point where I would just buy little, little nappy, standard nappy bags, tie them up and then stick them in there and close the lid because it still was like smell proof. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just like another bin. Um, yeah. But, yeah, you can get a regular bin <laughs> and put your yeah. nappies in that if you can't be bothered walking outside to the bin. Um, yeah, oh. exactly. Um, another thing that's really cool is um, for, like, washcloths and wiping up things. And you will – babies are messy little critters and there's things coming out of both ends and all sorts of stuff happening and food and milk and poo and vomit going everywhere. So um, You're really you, selling this. I know, right? Um, one of the things I did is I um, got some cloth. I think it was, uh, a friend gave them to me or I got them from an op shop. I can't remember, but I got cloth nappies and I just um, old cloth nappies like the flannelity ones and I just cut them up into a few pieces and I had, you know, rags for days. It was awesome. So if you've got old clothes or old towels or things like that, you can just cut them up and use them um, as clean-up rags but you can also use them as washcloths and wipes for um cleaning bottoms as well rather than using um disposable baby wipes too yeah absolutely and all of that fabric stuff you can use you know use as burp cloths as well like tea towels or spare baby blankets everyone gives baby blankets but baby can only use one at a time so maybe a couple of the spares can be yeah. And the less the less pretty blankets you have, the less you have to declutter when they're 16 and you're sitting there going, oh, my baby. You know, if you've <laughs> only got one of them, then it's fine. You're not going to take up too much space and you just keep the one. But the more you have when they're babies, the more you have to declutter. And that's going to be next week's episode. <laughs> yeah. But the more you have to declutter later on um, when they're all grown up. So think, uh, too, you don't have to have a change table. You can very easily change baby on the floor um, oh yeah and this is the thing that people with second 
babies work out really quickly because especially if you have children close together and so we had a change table and my dad made the change table and it had been kind of passed through the family so my three nieces used it and then it came to us and this change table um was quite special and so we had it for zoe and we changed zoe on that all the time and then when i had ethan i had an 18 month old or 19 month old toddler that I couldn't just leave in the family room while I went into the nursery and use the change table to change Ethan um, because no doubt she would pull something apart or break something or I don't know. But you couldn't, you can't just leave them unsupervised and taking her into the nursery, that, that could be stressful as well. So I just had a basket that lived underneath the couch full of um, the things that I needed and Ethan would get changed on the couch or on the floor because, you know, who can be bothered? with all of the rigmarole involved in going mm-hmm. into the change table. So I think a lot of people, once they have their second one, um, stop using change tables a lot as well. And so you don't even need to have a change table. Um, babies can be changed on the floor. Yeah, absolutely. Now, breastfeeding, that's, you know, a personal choice. For some people it's not not even able to be a choice. A but- choice. Yeah, I was going to say I didn't get the choice, unfortunately. Yeah. But um, if, it, if you are in a position where you're choosing – can I say you need a lot less stuff when you breastfeed? Sure. Yeah, it's so much very more convenient. convenient. Yeah. Um, but if you're buying bottles and you know other feeding kind of equipment, just consider how often you'll use them, different sizes, sterilizing requirements, all that kind of stuff, and um, do some research there too. Because again, you can be you can be sucked into buying you know a twenty pack of bottles, which you might ever only need five. At, a time, you know, a couple in the fridge, mm. a couple being sterilised, you know, whatever it is. And that's something that as well that don't definitely don't buy all of that stuff before you have a baby. Maybe it's definitely handy to have one bottle on hand in the house in an emergency, but in the beginning you won't know whether or not your what your feeding situation is, you know. And then because there's all the stuff too of like, Different teats give, have different flow rates and all of that kind of stuff, which yeah. you're not going to know till the time, like where you're yeah, at exactly. when you start using the bottles. Some ba- I, my neighbour, her daughter, um, just hated one particular brand of tea. Yeah, just didn't like. Mustn't have liked the shape of it or the feel of it in her mouth. So she, they had yeah. to buy different, and because that you know brands make teats that only fit their bottles and that kind of thing. So again, it's one of those things that you kind of feel your way through it. Um, and just don't invest a lot starting out until yeah. you know what you're up for. Yeah. And then the baby will change their mind on you anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're good at that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I love it, I love it, I love it. I hate that. You're like, dude, what are you doing to me here? Yeah, that's it. Um, another thing is the strollers or the prams. Uh, I know too many people that have or have had you know, multiple prams or multiple strollers, each for different functions. You know, Mm. this is my jogging one. This is my walking around the city one. This is the umbrella one that I have if I'm going through the airport. So, you know, work out what's right for you. Do research. If you can buy a stroller or a pram that's got great functionality and serve you across all of those things and you only have to store one of them um, instead of buying multiple for different occasions. Yeah, and also, um, and again, this is like old crusty cynical me, don't fall for the trends. Like I did this. It was like it had to be, what was the brand that was trendy when Zoe was born? Oh, 
Um, there was a particular brand of pram. It was like an Italian name, so P or something. And it was just the thing. And, you know, you weren't a good mother unless you bought this particular type of pram. And I think it still happens is that there's these types of prams that are trendy. And look past the trend and look at function instead. Don't necessarily buy something that is that you're just buying because everybody else is buying. You have to look at your situation. Um, look at the 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 footpaths near where you live. Are the footpaths really smooth and can you handle small wheels or do you need something with bigger wheels because you're really, really rocky or you don't have a footpath at all? Little things like that. So look past the trends. Um, it doesn't matter if you buy a five-year-old pram or stroller if it's safe. Like it doesn't matter if it's old-fashioned. Again, this is cynical old me and I know some – New parents are going to be like, you know, oh, that's just ridiculous. I won't be seen dead with that stroller. But trust me, in 20 years' time, it won't matter. <laughs> and you will have saved yourself the grief of then having, you know, multiple strollers or unsuitable ones just because they were trendy. Yeah. And, you know, look at functionality and look just a little way ahead as well. You know, I might made a mistake my first pram. I bought one that only had... And I bought it for a baby, which was only the baby could only oh, face me. The bassinet style. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then, which was fine until she was big enough that she didn't want to look at me anymore. She wanted to see what was going on <laughs> and got really frustrated <laughs> facing that direction. So then, when I invested and I sold that one and invested again, then I looked down the road, you know, not literally down the road, but down the figurative road of I would like another child soon. So then I bought one that could convert to a double without me having to think, you know, if they were close enough in age that they'd both be in there, not that I would need to buy another one when the second was born. I bought one that had an option to clip a seat on the back um, Mm. and that kind of thing. So, you know, it's not, I mean, strollers or prams can be really expensive. So I think, yeah, yeah. you've just got to be wise. And secondhand, there's nothing wrong with a secondhand one. Like there's nothing wrong. I mean, obviously individually you'll have to make sure that the the straps haven't been broken or, you know, it's not damaged in any way. But like, like you said, so many of us will buy something that is, ends up being wrong for us. And so you could get yourself a a two-year-old stroller that has hardly ever been used that is in great condition and without having to buy a brand new one um, and without then spending all this money on something that might not actually work for you as well and that you need to change so you can definitely save space and money by thinking about that from just a little bit more critically about what it is that you're doing before you invest big um, of all of the different scenarios around the the whole pram thing Try to to reduce the amount of clothing that you buy. I mean, even things like uh, my friend just had a baby. She got at her baby shower a bunch of newborn size clothing for the baby and the baby's come out and fits in triple zero. So all of the newborn clothing she was given is too small. Um, So (laughs) that's all completely wasted. And she'll go on and donate that and that's fine. But um, then... I, as with clothing as well, working out what works for your baby, uh, what works for your lifestyle and what you're doing, um, and then all mm. the accessories as well. It's so tempting because everything is so cute to buy, like, multiple hats or shoes before baby can even walk, like baby sunglasses and all of that. <laughs> mm. You know, just 
it's so much easier to dress your child and organize their stuff when they don't have a lot, when they just have what they need and what they use. So just be smart about that. And we'll talk about wish lists in a, in a minute, but I think, you know, maybe discouraging people from buying excess baby stuff and that you'll let mm. them know, you know, when you figure out what it is that you need. What it is, yeah. Um, and same with the, the nappy bag uh, or the diaper bag. I fell for that and I bought the whiz bang thing. And it, I mean, honestly, it was just a backpack. <laughs> it was just <laughs> a backpack. And it had like a built in, like, thing that, like a thing to lay on the ground to change her on if I needed that, which was, that was, you know, something that was a bit of extra, I guess. But the rest of it was just pockets and stuff like a normal backpack. And, you know, I paid twice as much as what I probably could have if I'd bought a regular old backpack. And so, you know, those kinds of things as well, you can think about waiting until you know what you need and using something temporarily before then, or just sticking with that temporary solution because, you know, it works well for you. So I think in a nutshell, we've said, you know, try and be okay with purchasing things as you discover you need them and not trying to preempt too much of that stuff. And then part of that as well is creating a wish list as you go for people to buy from rather than having other people guess what you might want or might need. And everyone's got those very helpful, you know, grandparents or friends that want to give stuff. Mm. And, you know, this part of this is, you know, includes baby showers and that kind of thing, but create somewhere um, accessible online where people can find your list of, of nice to have items And so, you know, you might buy yourself the essentials or give people, um, if you've done your research and picked out what your essential thing is, they might be able to buy that for you. But then put your nice to have items on that list and you can include nappies or groceries or gift cards Mm. or essentials like medicine, clothing, uh, and get those kind of things as gifts rather than people buying you excess and duplicates of stuff which you might not know yet if you even need. Yep. Also, don't feel obliged to keep everything that you are gifted because once it's gifted to you, you can choose to do whatever you want with that. So um, feeling obliged to keep something when you could pass it on to another new parent that needs it is, you know, it's probably wasting the stuff. So uh, it's not an obligation to keep, but you can still be grateful and pass something on at the same time. The last thing I'd say, and this doesn't apply to new, new babies, but you know, then going forward, be really intentional with toys as well. We've done plenty of shows on toys, but mm. we often hear about little kids being getting more entertainment out of the box uh, or the tup- or the box that the toy came in rather than the toy or the Tupperware cupboard or your water bottle and keys mm-hmm. um, rather than the specialised expensive baby toys. So, yeah, just go easy, see what works and let your kids' curiosity and the way that they're developing, be the guide for you for what you need to get and mm. when. Yeah. And and also just, again, we get sold this idea that kids, baby babies, uh, and I'm talking under six months, need to be stimulated for their development. And now I can tell you that taking your baby outside and sitting with it while it looks up at the trees for 10 minutes is just as stimulating as something that flashes and whirs above them in the cot. They will get enough without all that stuff. So you don't need to buy the stuff in order to stimulate your baby and get those connections in the brain working. Just regular life around them is going to do that job just fine. 
At the end of the day, the most important thing that you can give your baby is your love and attention. So try not to get caught up into buying all the things or having people around you buy all the things for your baby because you're just going to create a situation where you have more stuff to manage. And um, therefore less time. (laughs) Yeah, and more stuff to discard, which is what we'll talk about next week. Yes. So uh, join us in our Facebook community group. Um, we can have a little bit of a chat about the the things that you bought that you wish you had, the things that you um, wish you could have had but you decided not to, uh, and all of the, the little things that you fell for um, and bought. Uh, we've all got those stories, um, funny stories about what you did with your kids. Uh, or if you are going to have children or you have grandchildren coming, um, come and chat about it as well with us in our Facebook community group and we will see you here again next week. Thanks for joining us. We'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so they too can be uncluttered. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media, or on our own websites at rebeccamazino.com.au and basklifecoaching.com.